and welcome back to the Restless Ones podcast. This is Zach. I'm the I'm your host here at the Restless Ones podcast, and I just want to take a moment and say thanks so much to everyone who's been listening in, or maybe this is your first time. Well, thanks so much for um, clicking on this and, and listening. This is a blast, and I hope that this is a, a good resource for you to help you sustain a life of worship and prayer. Well, today I'm going to be talking about the topic of God's will and specifically praying according to God's will. I think that a common question that believers often have, and I I worked in youth ministry for about six years of my life, and so it's super common among young believers, but I know it's common among a lot of believers that there's that question that we often ask, what, what is God's will for my life or or how do I pray according to God's will? And w- we can get really obsessed with the will of God. And I think that's a good thing to be obsessed with the will of God. Um, and while I think that God's will can involve, you know, this aspect of his sovereign plans or the things that are undoubtedly going to happen. I think that there's a bit more of a general understanding or or a different approach we can take to God's will that's applicable to the life of every single believer. It's applicable to you even right now as we're talking. And I think that the Bible actually speaks directly to what God has commanded for our lives, God's commanded will for our lives. And so I just want to take a look at a few scriptures and talk about these scriptures, all right? The first one is Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 through 17, and it says, So then, be careful how you walk, not as an unwise people, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So here in the scripture, Paul is saying that, it's, it's like a responsibility of believers to have understanding concerning the will of God. And so if we don't have understanding of the will of God, then we may be walking in disobedience or we might be walking, like here the scripture says, as unwise people. And we want to be wise, especially in this present age, because with so much happening in culture and so much happening in our lives, We want to practice wisdom, and we want to know what God's best is. All right, Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says, And do not be conformed to to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. So that's like Paul saying, okay, live a life that actually demonstrates what the will of God is. Not only not only is he teaching that we need to have understanding of God's will, but we need to live in a way where we carry it out and we display those characteristics of God's will being good, acceptable, and perfect. So the will of God is an important thing for the life of, of a believer. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 says, And everything give thanks, for this is the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. All right, that's like a plain, this is God's will for you, to be thankful, to give thanks, to pray always, that kind of thing. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 3, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that is, that you abstain from sexual immorality. 
And so the will of God is also knit to being sanctified, being holy, being set apart. And then 1 John 2, verse 17, The world is passing away, and also its lusts, but the one who does the will of God continues to live forever. So also connected to the will of God is life and life abundantly. So this obsession that we often have in our our Christian culture with God's will is an important obsession, and it's an important thing that... that um, should be involved in our conversations, should be in our sermons, should be in our podcasts, or you name it. We should be consumed with what is God's will and learning how that's applicable on an individual level. And as we've seen here in just a few of these scriptures, some of them clearly define what the will of God is for you. And and this isn't an exhaustive list. There's many other scriptures that talk about the will of God, but there are some like this that say... The will of God is for you to be sanctified. It's a part of God's will for our lives. God's will for our lives is is knit more to his desires for righteousness and goodness to abound in our lives than to a specific function that we are supposed to carry out. All right, I hear this often, and sometimes I think that in our culture we can over-personalize the message of Scripture. And I know that to some of us that might be like, well, what do you mean? Over, over personalize it. <clears throat> well, I think that sometimes we have this tendency to feel like the Bible is so me centric. And in that we lose sight of God being the focus, his desires being the focus. It's more like, okay, what is my role? What is, what is my function in the body? What is my calling? And we get so caught up on specific um, roles in specific seasons that we actually lose sight of this more general reality of God's will being a little more simple and related to things like righteousness and giving thanks and and knowing his heart and those sort of things. And I I always think about it like this, all right? If God's will was like a, a destination, like if his plan for our lives was like a destination, let's let's say it's the North Pole, all right? Most of us have never been to the North Pole, but we can understand where the North Pole is. Now, if we were to go think about wherever you're at, wherever you're listening to this podcast, to get to the North Pole, there's probably a few ways to get there, right? You can go through this state or go through this country or many different ways, but there's some ways that are more effective. There's some ways that are quicker. There's some ways that um, are they offer smoother travel, or, I mean, you name it, there's different options to get to that North Pole. And I think that when we are doing the will of God or thinking about the will of God, we need to have that sort of perspective, that it's not it's not necessarily wrapped entirely in how we get to the North Pole. It's about just going north. <laughs> the goal is to head toward the North Pole. And in life and in seasons, there's going to be different functions. There's going to be different responsibilities that we take on. And for some of us, they may not change often. Like there may be people who are called to one specific thing for 30, 40, 50 years, and that's beautiful. But for many others, God's, as we're on this journey to, um, Staying in God's will, the journey looks different in different seasons, and that's okay. 
I just need to say that, that it's okay to not do the same thing for 60 years. I believe that God, we don't have to be these one dimensional believers who have, who cultivate one skill set and just use that for the 60 years. If you do that, amen. And if that's what the Lord is saying, great. But I think for a variety of believers, even right now in this hour of history, that the Lord is raising us up to be more versatile, to, to have ears to hear what he's saying, to be all things to all people, and to be ready in and out of season, and to have more than a single skill set, and to operate in different functions and wear different hats, all in the name of knowing his will and following his, his plan that's best for our lives. Colossians one is one of my one of my favorite prayers to pray, and it's a prayer for the will of God. He Paul prays for the church to be filled with understanding of God's will, spiritual wisdom and insight. And I believe that the clearer our understanding of God's will is, the more effectively we can align our hearts with it. So in order for us to have that that Romans twelve walking out of God's will. It requires the understanding, that Ephesians 5 type of understanding his plan and understanding his desires. God's will is not detached from his affection. That's a very important point that we need to understand as we talk about the will of God. It is not divorced from his affection. His will is simply his desires for us, his desires that that are the best and we access his will by coming close to his heart by encountering a man not just encountering the words on a page but in actually encountering a man and knowing what he wants and what he says is best for us and posturing our hearts in a listening a listening way asking and praying for the holy spirit to give us ears to hear his voice and and to know his plans i love the prayer in philippians 1 as well paul prays for love to increase and abound so that we would have the ability to discern the most excellent path, God's most excellent path, so that we can remain in, in sincerity and be blameless and righteous before God. So the key to unlocking the, the knowledge of His will is found in, in how we love. It's found in, in our proximity to the man Jesus, and that's an important point. All right, so in this talk of, of praying God's will, I think the secret is actually praying scripture. And I'll tell you why. John chapter 1, very important chapter in the Bible, as many of them are, teaches us that the word of God is Jesus. Oftentimes when you hear the word of God, we think of the Bible or maybe even words that Jesus literally spoke. And both of, the, both of those things would be correct. But before, before Jesus spoke a word or that we have, you know, that we have an account of what he spoke before the Bible was even written, Jesus was the living and breathing expression of the word of God. However long before, I mean, from eternity past, before the earth was created and everything was created, Jesus existed as the word of God. And when he breathes on the scriptures, when he breathes on what we call the Bible, that's what makes it the word of God. And I'm not saying this to devalue the Bible in any way. In fact, this whole podcast is determined to, to encourage you and exhort you to use the Bible to talk to Jesus. 
But look what John 1 verse 1 says. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Then in verse 14 it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we saw His glory. Glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus is the Word of God. Eternally, Jesus is the Word of God. So, if we believe that the, the Bible is in, was inspired by Jesus and that he breathed on it and he continually breathes on it, then we can be confident that when we use the scriptures or when we pray the scriptures, that we're praying or using it in alignment with the desires of Jesus. Meaning that when we pray scripture, we're praying God's will. It's actually that simple. When we want to advance the the desires of God and the plans of God in our lives, in our in our families, in our cities, in the nation, or whatever you're praying for, the easiest way to pray according to God's will is to open the scriptures and begin to agree with the scriptures. When Jesus, the living and breathing word of God, breathed on the Bible, life came into the words that were on the page. Just like when Jesus breathed on the dust that, that was Adam, and then life flowed into that dust, and Adam, he like gave birth to Adam as he breathed on it. And I believe that in the same way that as Jesus inspired the, the words in Scripture and continually inspires our hearts as we approach Scripture, there's life and authority that, that flow from those words that are on that page. 2 Timothy chapter 3, 13 through 17 says, But evil people and impostors will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. We're living in the midst of that. We've been for a long time. Verse 14, You, however, continue in the things you've learned and become convinced of knowing from whom you've learned them, and that from childhood you have known the sacred writings, which are able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All scripture is inspired by God and beneficial for teaching, for rebuke, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man or woman of God may be fully capable, equipped for every good work. That's an important... uh, Paul is literally talking about the the sacred writings. He's talking about the, the Bible that was written for those that were existing in the New Testament because obviously Paul's writing the New Testament during the New Testament period. And so he's talking about the prophets. He's talking about um, the Torah and he's talking about the, you know, the stories of old that were written down. Those are useful and, and they're, they're important for the life of a believer because God inspired them and God breathed on them. Genesis 2-7, it's that moment where God breathed life into Adam. It was just dust. Just like a book is, is, is a book, no life in it. But when God breathed on Adam, he came to life, literally from dust to life. And the, the Lord can do the same thing with the words on a page from, from a, a dusty old page to, to breathing on it and making it useful, making it beneficial for teaching, rebuke, correction, training in righteousness, so that you and I can be fully capable and equipped to carry out all that he's invited us into and all that he's called us to. Second Peter 
chapter 1, verse 21 says, For no prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men, moved by the Holy Spirit, spoke from God. That's so powerful. And he still does it today. That's what's beautiful, is that that God still speaks to individuals. He still speaks to you and I. And sometimes when he speaks to us, they're not word for word, the words that are in the Bible. All right. But when he does speak to us, they don't contradict what's in the Bible. And so we get our discernment and we learn to hear his voice by equipping ourselves with the, the scriptures themselves. The reason we value the Bible is because we value the man who inspired and breathed on the Bible. If we want to access God's will in the place of prayer, if we want to access God's will when we're preaching to somebody or sharing scripture or whatever, it means that the scriptures have to be the starting place and the foundation for our relationship with Jesus. The scriptures are simply an invitation to talk to the living word. I always say that the written word was given to us to lead us into conversation with the, with the living word. Jesus taught us to abide in him. This is a powerful teaching from Jesus. We're going to read it in just a second. But Jesus taught us to abide in him and allow his word to abide in us. And when we do that, when we live a lifestyle that does that, we tap into this reality of praying according to his will and getting answered prayer and being more in alignment with his desires. But the let's just look at it. John 15, verses 1 through 7, Jesus teaching, I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Remember or remain in me and I in you just as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, but must remain in the vine. So neither can you unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. The one who remains in me and I in him bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is thrown away like a branch and and dries up. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they're burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now, that is an important teaching when it comes to praying God's will. We have got to learn to abide in Him, to dwell in Him, to be consumed in Him, to be connected to Him. That's what it means. That's what this illustration is of Him being the vine and us being the branches, meaning that we can't have life, we can't have sustenance if we're disconnected from Him. So what it means is is this, we've got to be continually in prayer, continually close to him, speaking with him, worshiping him, reflecting on him, all of these things that we've been talking about on the podcast and that we're going to continue talking about. We have got to live our lives in him, fully connected from him. And anytime that we get disconnected from him, the result is being thrown away and tossed into the fire. It means that we're not useful. We're not effective. And so we've, if we want to be useful and effective as believers, we've got to abide in him. And the second part is allow his word to abide in us. 
Now, it's important that we we recognize that as Jesus is teaching this, the Bible doesn't really exist, right? Some of the sacred writings, of course, were there. Jesus was familiar with, with the Old Testament. So, sure, he could be referring to those, and I'm sure to some degree he was, but he's also referring to one himself, and he's referring to the actual things that he's been teaching his disciples in, the, in this moment. Let the things that I've been talking to you about, let those dwell inside of you. Be moved. Be, be given life by the words that I've spoken to you, and when that happens, they will blossom into much fruit. So those moments where you're, where you're in an empty room and you take a verse and you think about the verse and you pray the verse and you memorize the verse and you sing the verse, you go through it over and over and it doesn't feel like a lot is happening. Well, over time, those, those seed beds of, of letting the word dwell inside of you will blossom into something fruitful. It will blossom into something useful inside of you and even potentially outside of you, if you start preaching or telling other people about Jesus, it becomes useful in that context too. But even in the area of your own heart, it becomes useful and you begin to understand and comprehend God's will in a way that is fruitful, in a way that that blossoms. And you'll begin to ask things that are in alignment with his will. And when we do that, when we unlock the agreement with God's will in prayer, it will be done for you. That's the promise of John 15, verse 7. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. That's a beautiful promise. I want to be, I want to be one who abides in him, who stays eternally connected to him. And allows his word to dwell inside of me, allows his desires to dwell inside of me beyond just the words of a page. I want to know the man behind the words. I want to know the emotions behind the words. I want to know the thoughts that, that went into the Holy Spirit inspiring these words to the man Paul and those, those sort of things. I want to know those things. And so all in all, this is what I'm, this is, I guess, my main point, John 5 verse 39 Jesus telling the teachers of the law, you examine the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. And it's in those very scriptures that testify about me. What he's saying is, I'm the one who gives life. I'm the one who gives authority. And as important as the scriptures are, that if we're disconnected from the man Jesus, then we're disconnected from the point of it all. So if we want to pray according to God's will, I think it involves both. We take the scriptures, we let it lead us into conversation with Jesus, and we let it bear fruit on the inside of us. And as we do that, we will learn to pray according to what he says is best. We learn to pray according to his desires. We we have that that Romans 12:2 being transformed, our minds get renewed. Every part of our being gets renewed because we're feasting on his word in a way that goes beyond just memorizing some verses or just reading some verses. We're actually taking it to the word of God that is living and is active to the man. And we're learning what he says about the things that he's already spoken and that's producing something on the inside of us. So, 
I love that God has made it so simple, that he's compiled it all in this book we call the Bible. And it's a journey. So I just encourage you, if you don't read scripture every single day, start there. Read one, two verses, read a chapter if you can manage that, and then turn it into conversation with God. Begin to discover his heart through the Bible. Begin to discover his emotions through the Bible, his affection through the Bible. And I, and I truly believe that as you do that, your mind's renewed, your prayers will start to transform and you'll see results in prayer. You'll start, you'll start to be, you know, traveling North as is with our analogy earlier, quicker, more effectively. You'll start to uncover the secret hidden paths that take you North. You'll start to uncover the mysteries of his heart and, and Get that divine insight that Colossians 1 talks about, the spiritual wisdom that only comes from accessing his heart. And so I believe that this is accessible for anybody. Read the scriptures, read the scriptures and turn them into, into prayers, turn them into conversation. And you can have confidence in that, that you're praying God's will. Amen. Amen. Well, I pray that the Lord opens up your ears to hear him. I pray that you develop a, a love for the scriptures even more so than you've ever had before and that you begin to access his heart, access his will. And I pray that the Lord begins to answer your prayers, that you would abide in him, that his word would abide in you and you would begin to ask things that would be answered quickly. You'd begin to ask things that get answered in effective ways. Let it be so in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you.